Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. My name is Peter Roman, and this is episode 9 of the quarantine edition during the winter semester of my show. So, today, my three sports topics. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Canadian Premier League. There was big expansion news that happened over the last week. I'm also going to talk about the UEFA Champions League games from a week ago. I know there are technically games going on right now as I'm recording this, but I'm going to save those for next week so I can watch them and come up with good analytical thoughts about it. So, my lead segment today is NFL Free Agency. And I know technically Free Agency hasn't started yet, but unofficially it has. So right now we are in the legal tampering period, which basically means that the none of the contracts that are quote-unquote signed are official until Wednesday. So on Wednesday, all of these contracts become official and they, you know, are on the teams. But for right now, these are the, you know, signings that have happened but are still technically not official. At least they won't be for another day type of thing. But nonetheless, we've had a lot of news, a lot of money go around, and I thought I would give, just so far, based on the first couple days of free agency here during the legal tampering period, the winners and the losers. So I'll start with the winners, and I'll start with the team that decided to spend all their money and then some, the New England Patriots. The Patriots spent, according to uh, Adam Sheffer anyway, they spent more money on free agents during this offseason than they had over the last 10 years combined. That's crazy. Just absolutely crazy. So, here's the rundown of who New England has signed. On offense, they signed wide receivers Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar to contracts. They signed tight ends Jonas Smith and Hunter Henry, who were both the best tight ends available. So, it's pretty good offensively. And on defense, they got Jalen Mills from Philadelphia. I'll talk about him in just, just a minute. Matthew Judon from Baltimore. Devon Gotchow. I really think I butchered that name. Uh, he came from Miami. He's a nose tackle. And yeah, like the amount of money they spent on these guys. Crazy. So to break down New England signings here really quickly, the... Wide receivers, Bourne and Aguilar. Bourne, I think, has, actually has a good contract. They didn't pay too, too much on the Kendrick Bourne deal. Nelson Aguilar! Ugh, can't say the same thing about. Aguilar got a two-year contract, but he's being paid a little over... Or about $11 million a year, according to Track. And as someone who got to watch Aguilar a lot as an Eagles fan and see, watching him in Vegas last year, Aguilar is not worth that money. That is a pretty big overpay, in my opinion. Because Aguilar, his problem has never been getting open. He's pretty good at running his route. He's pretty good at getting open down the field. Aguilar's problem has always been catching the football. And especially in big moments... 
because Aguilar tends to drop really key important passes late in the fourth quarter. And we saw that this year too, the Sunday night football game between the Raiders and the Chiefs. If Aguilar doesn't drop that really crucial third down pass, that game probably ends differently for them. But I think Aguilar, it will be a frustrating signing for Patriots fans. That, that one's not very good. I think they could have gotten way better value for their money than signing Aguilar. I like the Kendrick Bourne one, though. His is around 7 mil average annual value, so I like that one a lot more for them. And then at the tight end position, they got Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. A little strange they went for both of the best tight ends. But you know what? Bill Belichick wants to run a lot of two tight end personnel sets, and so from that sense, you can understand it. Hunter Henry is a good player. He has a little bit of an injury risk. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Jonu Smith, I think, is a little bit overpaid for what he brings. But as far as a fit with the Patriots, I think it's a very good fit. Smith came from Tennessee, who, you know, ran the ball a whole lot. And so his run blocking is really good. And New England obviously likes to run the football. And it looks like Cam Newton's their quarterback for now. We'll see what happens there. But if Cam Newton is, in fact, the quarterback for New England, they will be running the ball a lot. So Jonu Smith is a very good schematic fit, even if the money is a little bit much for him. And then Jalen Mills, they just way overpaid. That one, i kind not going to lie. I looked at that contract and laughed at it because Jalen Mills, speaking from experience, is extremely frustrating and not a player you could rely on properly. Not at all. So Mills got about 6 mil average annual value, uh, four-year contract, $24 million in total, it's not great. Mills is versatile and sometimes makes a play. But most of the time he gets beaten coverage and he kind of... He, he upsets the fan base. So just warning Patriots fans about that one. But the one I love, the one I absolutely love for the Patriots, Matthew Judon from the Baltimore Ravens. Judon has been in a lot of ways, one of the top pass rushers in the league. And I know his sack numbers might not dictate that, but his quarterback hit and pressure numbers definitely do. And so I love getting Judon and to help out this pass rush. And all of a sudden, that New England defense looks very, very formidable again. So I'm calling the Patriots winners. Not every contract is a slam dunk for them, but overall, I like what they've done. The next team in my winners category is the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They haven't actually signed anybody new yet, but they went into this offseason with three big free agents. Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, Levante David. And the question was, could they keep all three? The answer was yes, with a lot of very sneaky cap maneuvers. So I'm calling them a winner for being able to sign those three players. Tampa will certainly, I think, be the favorite in the NFC to repeat. The next winner I have is the LA Chargers. And the reason for this is because they signed Corey Lindsley, who, according to Pro Football Focus, was the number one ranked center in football last year. The Chargers desperately needed help at the center position. Their center position was one of the worst in football. And so now they got the best center in football. They paid a lot of money for him. But this is really important. Justin Herbert's still on a rookie contract. And if the Chargers can continue to enforce that offensive line through the draft, this will, look, this will be looked at as a very good offseason for them. 
my next winner and it's one that i think is a little bit more under the radar my next winner is actually the cleveland browns and i know they only signed one player but just hear me out on this cleveland signed john johnson and they paid a lot of money considering he's a safety but if you think about what cleveland needs cleveland has a lot of really talented offensive players and ultimately i think what Cleveland does on offense will largely come down to Baker Mayfield and what happens with him. But they just gave out $11 million per year to John Johnson on a three-year contract. And Johnson is a 26-year-old who's been with the Rams. He is a great safety. And having him with Denzel Ward, and of course you have Miles Garrett rushing the passer, all of a sudden, that Cleveland defense that you know was a little bit of a weakness for them over this past season might become a strength for them and so I'm not going to call Cleveland a contender in the AFC yet because you know they kind of need to put it all together they have it feels like they have the right players in a lot of positions but it feels like they have to bring it together and no for anyone wondering about oh well they almost beat Kansas City no they didn't they didn't almost beat Kansas City Kansas City's quarterback got hurt, and then Cleveland, you know, scored some points on the when the backup was in. Like, that's not... I'm not counting that playoff game as meaning a whole lot. And I know they beat Pittsburgh, but let's be real, Pittsburgh was kind of just, you know, limping into the playoffs with their performances. So, I like Cleveland's team, but we'll see how it comes together. But I love the signing of John Johnson. So, they're in my winner's category. And then there's my losers category. So the first team is the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are in this category because they lost both Matthew Judon to the Patriots and they lost Yannick Ngakwe to Vegas. I'll get to Vegas in just a minute, but they kind of needed to sign one or the other because all of the good pass rushers are pretty much gone now. They've all been given contracts. And so... The fact that Baltimore didn't re-sign Judon or Ngakwe is really bad because all of a sudden the Ravens don't have much of a pass rush anymore. And for a team that wants to get over the hump in the AFC, I just don't see it right now with their team. They're going to have to hit on those draft picks of theirs because otherwise this will be looked at as a really bad offseason. The next team in my losers category, and this might surprise you, the Kansas City Chiefs. And let me explain on this one. So, first of all, I do like the fact that Joe Tooney is a good player. What I don't love is maybe the five-year contract they gave a 29-year-old. But then again, offensive linemen tend to age better than most positions. So it's not that bad. Tooney is one of the better guards in football, so that's a good thing. And he does make the interior of the offensive line better. But here's why the Chiefs are losers. Kansas City lost their starting center, Austin Ryder. They lost their left tackle, Eric Fisher. And they lost their right tackle, Mitchell Schwartz. Fisher and Schwartz were cut. Ryder was a free agent. Oh, sorry, Ryder was a free agent. And Joe Tooney, great player. But last I checked, he doesn't play left tackle. And he doesn't play right tackle. And he doesn't play center. So Kansas City signed a good player for a lot of money without actually fixing a problem on their team. Yeah, don't love that. Do not love that at all. I think Kansas City made a huge mistake not going after maybe a Trent Williams 
it at left tackle or possibly going after maybe one of the better right tackles available, maybe going after a center, you know, maybe not even Corey Lindsley, but just somebody like there were options for Kansas City to improve offensively on the offensive line. And this feels like a luxury signing that they couldn't really afford to make. So that's why the Chiefs are in my losers category. The next team I have is the LA Rams. And the reason for that is because they signed Leonard Floyd to way too much money. They signed Leonard Floyd, 29-year-old, to a four-year contract worth $64 million and $16 million average annual value. Floyd's not a bad player. Like, I want to make that clear. I don't think Floyd's a bad player. But they gave him $16 million a year. He had one good season. And he played beside Aaron Donald, who makes everybody better. And so, you know, they're giving Floyd, like, top-of-the-line pass rusher money. And he is not worth that at all. Floyd is maybe a $10 million player. And he just got paid $16 million a year. So, in my opinion, a huge overpay. The Rams already had a really top-heavy roster. That just got even more top-heavy, and it didn't need to be. There were other pass-rushing options that were cheaper. And Gakwe was cheaper. And Matthew Judon was cheaper than that. So I think the Rams made a huge mistake here. They are in my losers category. The last team in my losers category, the Denver Broncos. And the reason for that is just they kind of made some weird signings. Resigning Shelby Harris, it felt like kind of a lot of money. And then for some reason, they gave the very often injured Ronald Darby a three-year contract worth about $10 million a season. And I just, I struggle with that because, I mean, Darby's not a bad player, but he's not exactly a great player, even last year with the Washington football team. So Denver just making some weird signings. They're in my losers category. And then the last team I'll talk about really quickly is actually the Vegas Raiders because... Vegas I had put in my winner's category. I wrote them down in the winner's spot. But then I changed it because of what they did earlier today. They released center Rodney Hudson. Rodney Hudson is one of the best centers in all of football. And the weirdest thing about this release is that Rodney Hudson, by releasing him, it's actually more money on the salary cap then then there's keeping him and i cannot for the life of me comprehend how that makes sense in any way so the raiders took one step forward in getting ngakwe which is great because it helps solve the pass rushing issue him and max crosby should be great but then they took a step back by getting rid of one of the best centers in football and it's like what are you doing like really vegas what are you doing also as i was just saying that Something just broke right now, just saw on Twitter. So this is a live reaction. Former Cowboys quarterback Andy Dalton is signing a one-year $10 million deal with the Chicago Bears. So my dad is a Bears fan, and I think he probably is freaking out the minute he sees this because <laughs> that... Man, I get that acquiring Russell Wilson was always going to be tough for the Bears. Andy Dalton is not the guy you want. I, I would rather take a chance on a rookie 
or trade for Mariota, or even trade for Darnold, because Sam Darnold, at the very least, you could argue maybe still has some upside left in him because he's still a young player. But Andy Dalton, he's been in the league forever. He's not that good. And he's a perennial playoff choker. This guy plays really badly in big games. He's not that great of a player to begin with. And just, oh man. So Andy Dalton and Nick Foles are the quarterbacks in Chicago. I love Nick Foles. He's my guy. But, oh man. Yeah, not not a good time to be a Bears fan. Let's just say that. Okay, that's the end of my NFL free agency review. And so I'll have another one next week with all the new signings that come in. And I'll have some more detailed analysis on what teams did and didn't do and what they should have done and what they ended up doing instead. But I'm on to my second segment, the Champions League review. So there were four games last week. Going to go through all four I know there's games going on right now, but I'll have those games next week when I get to watch all of them. So, the games last week, I'll start with the absolute insane game between Juventus and Porto. Porto won on away goals over the two legs. So, Juventus won the game 3-2, to two, but Porto wins because of the away goals thing. So, this game was crazy because it started out, Porto got a penalty call... You know, not a lot in the penalty, if I'm honest, but probably the right call. And so Porto took a 1-0 lead. Juventus then got one back. Chiesa scored a brilliant goal, had the ball curled it right into the top corner and got Juventus back tied 1-1. They were back in this time. And a little bit after that, Porto got a red card after Taremi really stupidly kicked the ball away just for no reason. And so he got a second yellow card. He got sent off. Juventus very shortly after Chiesa headed it in for his second goal of the game and tied it on aggregate 2-1. to one. So Juventus and Porto were tied. Porto was playing with 10 men. So it looked like Juventus was absolutely in the driver's seat. And they kind of were for a lot of that second half. And Juan Cuadrado, man, he's going to be... He's going to be re-watching this in his nightmares, but... Cuadrado made a brilliant play on the right-hand side, cutting onto his left foot near the edge of the box and put in a beautiful curling strike going towards the net, and it rang off the crossbar. Heartbreaking for Juventus on that one, for sure. But Cuadrado not able to execute that chance. Basically, what it meant was that it went the game went to extra time. And in extra time, Oliveira scored a really well hit free kick and I know Chesney probably should have saved it but it was a really good low strike underneath the wall and right into the back of the net Porto then had the lead on away goals which by the way the away goals rule carrying over to extra time is really stupid and I hate that I hate that UEFA and the Champions League even do that that should that should go away but Juventus was able to score one Rabio got a header and so Juventus was pressing, and they were pressing and pressing and pressing. The game got really chippy. Like, there was a lot of a lot of foul play and stuff like that. But in the end, Porto hung on to win a fantastic game, a really entertaining game. And Porto, with the upset, they are off to the quarterfinals. And so Ronaldo and Juventus eliminated. The, that team is going to have to do some soul-searching. This has been a little bit of a disastrous season for Juventus, so... Definitely 
not a good year for them. But congrats to Porto. They are on to the quarterfinals. The next game was Dortmund and Sevilla. So this one ended in a 2-2 tie. Dortmund wins on aggregate because they won the first leg. Dortmund went up 2-0. They cut through the Sevilla defense on the opening goal. A little bit against the run of play, but still a good goal for them. Royce set up Holland. And then Holland had a goal rightfully ruled out because he basically shoved over Diego Carlos. And then Dortmund got a really... Uh, I don't like it. It was a really crappy penalty call. I didn't agree with it at all. Holland scored on the second attempt for the penalty because the first one, the keeper jumped off the line. But you know what? That happens. Sevilla got a penalty of their own, which felt a little bit soft, but nonetheless felt like the right call. It was a little bit of a shove in the back. And then Sevilla got a goal with a couple minutes left in in basically uh, regulation time, but they weren't able to get the third goal that they needed for the equalizer. Credit to Dortmund. It was a fun two-legged affair with lots of goals. It ended up being a very entertaining 5-4 over two legs. Dortmund definitely the better team, I would say, over Sevilla. Sevilla fought really hard, though, and they deserve a lot of credit for being as competitive as they were, even though Dortmund were definitely better. And Erling Haaland, very good player. So credit to Dortmund. They're under the quarters. All right, the last two, I'll be really quick because there wasn't a lot to it. So PSG and Barcelona, this game was kind of already over in the first leg. The actual score of this one was 1-1. Mbappe scored a penalty early. Not a lot in the penalty, but there was a little bit of a clip at the heels at Icardi in the box. So Mbappe stepped up and scored. Messi answered with a fantastic goal. If you haven't watched it, please go watch it. He rocketed a shot like 30, 35 yards out and swerved right into the left corner. Beautiful goal. And Messi followed that up with a penalty miss where he took a horrible penalty. It was saved by Kaylor Navas. And that was about as close as Barcelona would come. They weren't really that close. So PSG advances pretty easily on aggregate. And they are through to the quarterfinals. Nice and easy. It's the first time, by the way, basically in forever that Messi or Ronaldo aren't in the quarters. Both have gone out. And I have to wonder with the Messi situation, was that his last Barcelona game? in the Champions League? The answer might be yes. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. And the last game was Liverpool and Leipzig. Liverpool won two to nothing over Leipzig. So it was four nothing over the two legs. Salah scored to open the game in the second half. And then Origi sent in a beautiful cross across the goal for Mane who buried it. So Liverpool finally gets a win to get out of the funk they were in in the Premier League. But still some questions with Liverpool for sure and for Leipzig it's a shame but you know what Liverpool is still one of the better teams in the NFL or sorry excuse me in the world of football I'm sorry my mind is my mind has gone to other sports (laughs) so that's my Champions League review I'll have the other four games next week so, Man City and Mönchengladbach is going on right now. Real Madrid, At- Atalanta also going on right now. And then tomorrow is Chelsea and Atletico and Bayern and Lazio. So, I'll have all that next week. And my final segment today, I wanted to talk really quickly about the Canadian Premier League because they had a big expansion announcement where they will be moving, or sorry, excuse me, they will be starting a new team 
in Saskatoon starting ideally in 2023. Basically, they have an ownership group in, in place and they're going to start building a stadium soon is kind of the announcement. So number one, that is really exciting. I love that Saskatchewan's getting a team because I've wanted them to get a team in the league for a while now. The rivalry potential with Cavalry FC here in Calgary and with Valor FC in Winnipeg is off the charts amazing. So love that. And I love just the fact that the league is able to start expanding because I know you know, COVID has been tough on a lot of leagues and especially that a league that's kind of a startup still like the Canadian Premier League. It's definitely been tough on them. But this is really positive news. Love that they're expanding to Saskatoon. And my hope is that a team will be in Regina not too far after that. Like I'm thinking the Saskatoon team is going to come in either 2023 or 2024. And then hopefully maybe a Regina team 2026, 2027. That's just based on a gut feeling of what I think the league will end up expanding into. That's not based on actual reporting, but the Saskatoon thing is a very, very positive step. So I wanted to talk about that really quickly because I love that expansion is happening in the Canadian Premier League. And that's it. That's all I got for today. I want to thank you so much for listening in to my show. And... Next week, like I said, Champions League review, and I'll have more NFL free agency stuff as well, and probably some hockey stuff mixed in there as well. So, to everybody out there, please be happy, be healthy, and stay safe.